Welcome to Co-op Energy Talk. I'm Rachel Johnson, the Member Relations Manager here at Cherryland Electric Cooperative, joined as always by my trusty sidekick, Tony Anderson, our General Manager. Good afternoon. Am I allowed to call you my sidekick? Or you are. Is that a firing offense? Yeah. Okay. No. Shoo. <laughs> Live to podcast another day. Yeah. Okay. Uh, our topic today is economic development in Grand Traverse County, and this is clearly a really broad topic, and it can be defined in several different ways. But in particular, we want to discuss opportunities and challenges to growing, retaining, and expanding businesses in our region, and the work of our local economic development corporation. So joining us to discuss this are Warren Call, the regional manager of the private bank at Huntington National Bank. Hi, Warren. Hello, Rachel. Uh, Mike Naughton, who is a lawyer and partner at North Coast Legal. Hi, Mike. Rachel, hi. And Jessica Sullivan, who is the vice president of Haggerty Group Office. Hello, Jessica. Hi, Rachel. So uh, what these three share in common, in addition to, fun fact, all being selected as some of the 40 most influential people under 40 in our area, is that they are on the recently reconfigured Grand Traverse County Economic Development Corporation. In addition, Warren serves as the chair of that board and Jessica as the vice chair. So thank you guys for joining us to talk about economic development and what you're trying to accomplish. To kick us off, Warren, can you just tell us a little bit about the EDC and what you guys do? Yes, thanks, Rachel, and thanks for having us here. The Local Economic Development Corporation is a county board that is formatted under the Michigan Economic Development Corporation bylaws. It's a public-private partnership, and our, our role is to include public elected officials, as well as representation from the private community. And you really already hit the nail on the head. Our, our job is to grow, develop, and enhance existing businesses to further economic activity in, the, in this area. We do that through a number of things. Through the Economic Development Corporation, we do have incentives, and we have government um, activity that we can, we can administer. But a big part of what we do is really outreach, marketing, and making sure the community and the larger state and, and nation know what's available here in Traverse City. So can can any so it sounds like you have kind of like lots of different priorities that you're that you're that you're shuffling around. Can you talk through what some of those are and and what types of things you're working on specifically right now? Specifically, there's a couple of things, and I will make a, a quick distinction between what might be referred to as old-fashioned economic development. And, and some of the newer things that we've been working on. Not that either one is exclusive, and I think all, all of the things we're, are important. When I say old school economic development, what I mean is using tax incentives and other government funding programs to encourage businesses to either re- relocate or expand in this area. That's still an important part of what we do, but our focus is really on a newer approach that is much more marketing and branding of this area as an economic destination. So that's really what our our focus is on going forward. And doing that in collaboration with various private sector entities, both nonprofit and and private companies, to really encourage development here by making sure that, number one, the local community understands the businesses, the successful businesses that are already here. And number two, those businesses know the resources that are here available to them and to help them expand. So what do you guys find are the biggest roadblocks to marketing us as the premier economic destination? I don't think I've really come across many roadblocks. I think people are surprised by what's here. 
Um, there's a lot of infrastructure here in place in Traverse City. The car conference took place in August, and automotive suppliers and, and also some of the big three were here and saw that and have seen that for the past 50 years. But I think that we're a region that's in transition. Um, you know, it's one thing to be the cherry capital, but it's something entirely different to focus on economic development and focusing on like some of the things that, that Cherryland's doing, you know, an infrastructure that reaches out into the rural areas as well as the densely populated areas in downtown Traverse City. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I think that there's some misconceptions. I think that people think Traverse City is something that it isn't. This is a very dynamic place, and um, I think that the board, the GTEDC board, represents that. We've got Kevin Klein from the airport on, Jessica Sullivan from Haggerty, you know, Warren from Huntington. Uh, Christian Smith uh, has got a drone company that he sells these drones all over the, the country. And so uh, this is an area that really does have a global outreach, you know, and it's more than just, uh, you know, taking a look at cherry blossoms in the spring. <laughs> yeah, maybe expound on that a little bit. What do you think people think this is that it's not? What, I think, what, oh, sorry. Yeah, just expand on that a little bit. Sure. Uh, so I think that people, okay, so I'm, I'm from Metro Detroit. My practice is in downtown Detroit. And when I came up here three years ago, people congratulated me for being able to retire at 35 years old because they thought this is a place where ambition goes to die. This is where you just end your career and you sell off in the sunset. It's absolutely positively not. This is a place where ambitious people can do really, really big things. And so to expand on that in Detroit, they think that this is sort of a nice sleepy little area in the pinky that you go up to once or twice a year and eat some fudge and some cherries and go back home. Not the case. People that live here know that we're doing very special, innovative things. Does that answer your question? So, it does. It does. So <laughs> is it, that makes sense. Is it fair to say that one of the biggest challenges to economic development in our region isn't actually having all the tools necessary for economic development? It's a, it's a branding problem, essentially, that, that outside of our region we're not branded correctly? I certainly feel that that's one of the big issues, and I don't think it's just outside of our region. I think there's a lot of people locally that don't mm -hmm. realize the amazing world-beating companies that we have here. I would agree completely. And that's one of the things, um, since we've been on the board, uh, we just started in January, uh, as we started talking at the board level, there are a lot of different organizations in our community that I'm sure you're aware of that all almost have sometimes the same purpose and the same mission. And a lot of it is centered around economic development or entrepreneurs or bringing new businesses here to our area. So one of the items that the ADC has specifically focused on has been who do we want to be in this area and what's our planning process for that and what's our mission and what do we want to, what are our objectives. So this year that's been one of our big initiatives for 2017 as a board is to develop a strategic plan for the Grand Traverse Economic Development Corporation and reach out to those key stakeholders in the area meet with them, chat with them, do you know what the EDC is, how can we help you, um, other businesses and other organizations, for instance, like Front Street Irregulars, Venture North, Traverse Connect, um, all the different organizations in our area that have the same mission as well. So, and I realize, like, you know, you've just said, we're in the beginning stages of figuring this mm -hmm. out, but can you talk through just even at the beginning of stages how, what are you starting to find in that? Like, how does what you're doing 
complement, because you're right, there are a lot of organizations doing that. So how does what you're doing complement what they're doing? Or how do you avoid essentially just all doing the same Duplicating thing? it? Yeah. That's a very good question. And I don't, I quite honestly, I don't think we have the answer to that yet. And that's part of our discovery process as we meet with these different organizations to really understand what they're trying to accomplish and how we can complement each other. Um, because we, we all will benefit if we all can work together as one. And so that's, that's the goal in the process. I don't know if you want to add to that. Yeah, I think something about Traverse City that I think is really unique is this is a really, really strong community-minded place. There's a lot of community groups, a lot of nonprofits, and a lot of people that really care about certain areas of their life or the community. So I'm part of TC New Tech, and that is very much a community group. I think as an EDC, we fit in really, really well with these groups and these community organizations, not just TC New Tech, but Crownworks, other Cherryland as a community group, as it's a co-op. So to the extent that we can play well with others and and listen, I mean, I think something that the, the, that we're doing is, is taking time to meet with businesses and say, hey, what's working here? What's not? What could work better? And we're in a we're in a different position in that we're this private public hybrid. People on our board are, you know, we've got Marty Colburn from the city, the city manager, the new county administrators on it, and Kevin Klein from the airport. It's we're different, but we're different by design, and that's a good thing. And we're trying to get it right. We're trying to listen to people and see what's happening and what works. What are people telling you? Well, <laughs> the number one thing I'm I'm getting is I don't know what I need. This is great that we have an EDC, but what are you supposed to do? Mm -hmm. And I think that's fair criticism. Um, I think at least one thing that's really cool that I've done in this, this role is you do outreach with companies, and when they invite you in, and it's not just sit on my conference room, but touring the, the factories, like the tent crafts and, and the Britain, and walking the catwalks and seeing everything happen, how they've got these really, really cool lean displays and tablets everywhere to show how their, their work is being done. Um, people here are doing really cool stuff. And we're not here to tell them that they need to do it better or differently. We just want to try and make it a little bit easier. And so we don't have that answer yet, but the number one thing I'm hearing is, I don't know what to tell you. So far, so good. But, yeah, we'd like to scale. We'd like to do things you know, a little bit bigger. Well, and going to, to Jessica's point, and she alluded to it, we are kind of in the beginning phases of this strategic plan. But one of the things that really sticks out is that there's probably no lack of great ideas in this community from a lot of different organizations. What perhaps can be added and what, where we might find a voice is to help facilitate a coordinated discussion to force collaboration among organizations. And force maybe is a strong word because they want to collaborate. But we as the public sector entity can help implement some of these private sector ideas simply by bringing all the stakeholders together, acting basically as the quarterback to point everyone in the right direction. So I want to transition just a little from talking about supporting businesses that are here wanting to expand and talk about attracting businesses that are not here looking to invest. It, you know, one, are you guys working on that? And what types of things are you doing or what types of industries do you um, – Think we should be targeting. I go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry to jump on. You. Okay, I think space is huge. I like space. I like drones. I like big things we can do up here and partner with Detroit. There's a lot of businesses. When you say space, you mean outer space. 
Uh, yeah, or like low orbit space too, okay. with changing like nano satellites and things like that. Okay. I think this is an area we're specifically suited to do really, really cool things, and I think it's an in emerging market. Why are we particularly well suited to do good things in that area? We're rural. We've got a lot of space, or we've got a lot of geographic rock space <laughs> to to do things. That like Detroit, for example, you can't just necessarily go to uh, the airport on the east side and throw up a satellite. But here, we might be able to do something like that. So I think that there are emerging areas where our region can really do some cool things. Um, I'm about to ask a question that's totally leading. But it would also seem to me that having NMC and their aviation program and their drone program yes. is an attractive thing for some absolutely. of Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, Shameless a, plug. No, that's absolutely. They're, they deserve a lot of credit, and it's one of the reasons that w this area has become known for unmanned vehicles, both both air drones as well as underwater rovers. The, we have uh, a unique expertise because of NMC's program that is pretty attractive to technology companies and manufacturing companies that are in those sectors. And I think that that's one of the things that we can leverage to attract organizations from elsewhere, whether they're existing companies or entrepreneurs that are looking for the next place to start their their next thing. Because of what NMC has done, we we stand out nationally, really. So aside from, you know, whatever, drone space, that kind of thing, are there other types of industries that you see, like you said, rural access to an educational institution like NMC, things where we have unique resources to leverage for certain industries? I think Munson. I think we have a world-class hospital. It's a hospital system. It's not like it used to be where it was just over on the grounds. It encompasses with 29 counties now and I think that we're a leader in medicine I think that there are areas we need to, to be a little bit, you know a little bit better on but I think Munson does a great job in that we're recognized capital for that up here in northern Michigan in the UP what about manufacturing space is sexy hospital is obvious what about the tried and true traditional manufacturing is that still in play absolutely so just this past, was it this past month? We were out at the resort. We did the car conference. Um, and then in October, there's the the conference that Mike has been involved in and influential with helping to bring the DOD uh, conference up here to the Grand Traverse Resort. So these are organizations, larger organizations, um, the Center for Automotive Research that are bringing larger manufacturing organizations for certain industries up here to this area. Um, trying to get them to the point to where they'll come up here on an annual basis and host these. And when we get them here, for instance, with the car conference, we had um, a community event where we brought them out to the Haggerty garage, showed them that space, but also kind of showed them that there's also an automotive branding related entity up here and and look this is an attractive place and this is the type of talent that we have here and this is the area you could be in. So we absolutely are working on manufacturing as a focus point as well. In fact, I'm tomorrow morning meeting with the Manufacturing Council. It'll be the second time, and we're having ongoing discussions with that council, another community group. Mm -hmm. What's working, what isn't. Um, what Jessica talked about this, uh, it's an event on October 12th with TARDIC and other Department of Defense contractors, parts of the government. And they're interested in light manufacturing, and this is a first of its kind in northern Michigan and the UP, but they look to Traverse City as a leader. This is a good place for the Department of Defense to come up and look for manufacturing, drones, uh, aerospace, 
And I, I think it really highlights that, that we're a leader. What is the EDC's role with housing? As more people come up here, more jobs are created. I, I hesitate to say affordable housing, but just <laughs> housing, because of, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's an obvious question of how, how are we going to house these people once we get them to come up here? Right. So from That's a, a technical question. standpoint, the staff that is that is with the EDC at the county level is also involved with Brownfield um, regulations. And so there is a, a specific housing aspect that has worked through that staff component to help developers get get projects done. But at the EDC... We have not yet formulated a, a housing focus, not that be not because we don't recognize it being important. In fact, we've recognized it as being very important, but because we because we don't see that as our first initial foray into um, how we can help. Um, and I would actually kind of linking it back to Rachel's last question. There's certain industries. So we've we've mentioned drones, for example. There's also uh, water-related studies through the college and through other um, private organizations that might be certain areas we want to focus on. But really what we're, what we're looking at is not so much targeting just specific industries, but targeting industries of any type that provide for what we might consider advanced products. So whether that's an intellectual property product, an actual manufactured product, or, or value-added agriculture, something that is produced here and that can be shipped around the world, that's, that can be the focus for what kind of businesses we want to bring here. But it also means that there, those industries and those jobs tend to pay better. And it helps our local employees to be able to, a bit better able to afford housing. Not that that would completely solve the housing issue, but it would help. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, to go with what Warren's saying, I, I think we kind of live in this new a la carte economy. We live in a region where you can call up Shipped or do the Shipped app on your phone, have it delivered to your house out in rural, wherever. And that's kind of nice. And our region is huge. You know, the, the Northwest region's 10, com- uh, 10 counties wide. Trevor City's pretty dense, but there's a lot of space to grow here. I think everyone realizes in our community that housing's a big deal and that, that needs to be you know, changed. But I think if we are able to develop a platform where businesses can grow, people have more access to financing and money for, for housing. I think that it's hopefully something that can work its way through the economy and, and people can do that. Uh, Holland's having an issue with it right now. They're growing really, really quickly, and we're going down to Holland uh, this week. And I've been speaking with someone that's in their incubator project, and they said we have the exact same problem. We were a desirable place to live that's trying to grow and create an economic development platform. Housing is a huge issue. It's too expensive. So, you know, your sidekick's right. That's <laughs> It's a big deal. <laughs> See, you can be my sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let me just say, I'm not necessarily asking you to answer this question just as EDC members, but as people who live in this community and are smart and have jobs. Um, as we think about growth, which is what you're all aiming after and what the housing question also gets at, how can we as a community be deliberate about where growth happens and how it happens, whether that be housing growth or business growth because I feel like that is a, at the heart of a lot of conversations in our communities fights over where the growth is going to happen and you mean geographically <laughs> I do unless we want to talk about space well 
I'll jump in and I'll add to it as, as we go along. But um, certainly from a geographic standpoint, as Mike mentioned, if, if we bring in the right types of advanced industries that have manufacturing and technology, et cetera, those don't all have to be downtown Traverse City. In fact, we'd love to see a new manu light manufacturing plant in Kingsley, for example. Housing is more affordable in Kingsley than it is in Traverse City. So that could, that could ad address some of that strain. At the same time, we need to realize that some people in some industries are going to want to be downtown. They are going to want to be close to the, the center of commerce. And so we do need to, as a community, not as the EDC, it's, it's kind of outside of our ballywick, but we do as a community need to address how we all feel collectively about density in our urban centers and how we, how we grow and how we develop from that, in addressing that density issue. I agree. And, and one of the things I think about, and obviously we serve the rural areas around Traverse City, and any growth that happens outside of Traverse City probably benefits Cherrylands members by allowing us to spread our infrastructure costs across more people. But I also don't want to live somewhere where growth has happened in an uncontrolled way, and then at some point in time you just have this massive sprawl that doesn't make sense for your community. And so it, it feels to me like the conversation has to include a, whole a, area. a big picture look at where, you know, how does it make sense for people to live where they live, work where they work, get to and from, that kind of a thing. Infrastructure to me is a big piece of that because um, roadways and all of that, you know, that's going to tie a lot of all of that together. And there's, that to me is an area that if we could focus on that, that would be, that would be helpful and beneficial. I think infrastructure is a big piece of economic development. And as we look at the roadways and transportation, whether it's public transportation or not, that's something to me is something I believe that this area needs to get around and kind of figure out how they want to address it and how they want to approach it. But I agree to, your, to, to Warren's point as well. We don't necessarily want all the growth to be in downtown Traverse City. At the same time, I think, though, it's important for Traverse City in this area and the region to kind of think about where they want to be in the future because we don't necessarily want it to be, or, or I personally don't necessarily, as someone who works downtown and lives downtown, don't want our area to be so unaffordable for people to live down there that it's just people, everybody has to live outside of Traverse City. It would be nice for people who want to be able to be there to be in affordable homes in affordable areas. And I agree with Jessica on the infrastructure. I really, really hope we're at the early end of a sea change with automation and cars and yeah. self-driving. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit before the podcast, but what a great thing that would be. Um, you look at infrastructures in other areas, even other countries, and it's pretty interesting what they do. How much will change here if we have self-driving cars and people like myself? I do a lot of work in Detroit. It'd be awful nice to hit cruise control. As I'm sliding down 75 and I'm on my iPad reading the New York Times, that'd be great. So I hope and think that we have a platform here in Traverse City where you can enjoy the lifestyle that we have, but have contact with bigger markets. That's something I really hope happens throughout all of this. And I think that growth will come from that. What's one specific infrastructure project that would drive, drive us forward? I'm, so I'm sort of split on this. In, I don't want to. Myself, I don't think I'm stepping anybody, but like I like fiber a lot. I think I think internet connection is huge. Um, in the 1800s, you needed to have access to waterways in order to get to market. 
that changed, after, you know, with Eisenhower, the freeway infrastructure build out. I think we want to get to China in nanoseconds. That's what I'd like to see. In thinking of these self-driving cars and, and infrastructure that supports that, you have to have a network that supports that as well. And so something that I think that we on the, the GTEDC are looking at is how, how do we how do we evaluate and frame the high-speed Internet debate? What really works? What really doesn't? How should this play a part in our community? And um, I, I'm sort of torn, though, you know, because I don't necessarily know that a house at Fife Lake needs a one-gig pipe. That's a pretty big expenditure for for uh, an electric co-op. At the same rate, I think there are ways, really innovative ways, to have mesh networks that can provide really, really high speed to rural areas. I think that's cool. I think that your blog post, Tony, on, on what Cherryland's looking at is really, really cool. <laughs> and I think unlike other areas, even in our state, we got a chance to do it right. So uh, to me, that's a big part of what our infrastructure is. I'm sort of tooting the Cherryland <laughs> Here, but I mean, I think that's pretty cool. That's why we invited you on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. hey, if I remember correctly, I invited myself. Yeah, I'm yeah, the first yeah, uninvited yeah, guest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think that is, I think that's really cool. And I think that Cherryland and I think TCL and people, what they're doing in the city, I think regionally we have to look at how do we connect ourselves to the rest of the world. I would yeah. echo those statements. And I would actually say that that's my number one thing would be the high speed. I don't know. I think that that would, to me, that's a, an infrastructure piece that if you, it's, Kind of the field of dreams, if you build it, people will start to come. That's exactly what would allow people in Cedar or Fife Lake to work from their community but produce products or services that are shipped around the world. Right. And that's where the, the old man around this table says, we got to ship them around the world, so how are we going to get them there? Because we're not on an interstate. We have a lot of congestion in our roads, so... When I think infrastructure, I, I think I need a bridge, a Hartman-Hammond bridge, or I, I need better access to the That's interstate. That's a different podcast, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I realize we, we don't want to go into the whole bridge debate, but <laughs> if we're going to produce more products, whatever they be, hinges or drones, we got to ship them out. Right. But I think well, one thing we're shipping out is services, too. Haggerty yes. needs a thick fiber pipe. Absol I was just going to comment on I, I that. I get that. And I think as you think about future generations and the future workforce, and this is an initiative that Haggerty has been working on, is a lot more people want to have the flexibility to, to work from home. Mm -hmm. And so even as recently as three weeks ago, it was funny, I was at my kid's school for our orientation, parent orientation, and I met four people who were in their early to mid-40s that relocated here not because they had family, not because they grew up vacationing here is what it was, and they wanted to bring their children here, and they all work remotely. And so to be able to have the resources available for people like that to come here, to your point exactly, we're also shipping services. So it's having the infrastructure here that allows people to have the flexibility to provide that for their workforce I think is really important. Yeah, and, and to expand sure. on that, you know, it's – the intellectual property and the services that we can export more easily. But at the same time, if you look at our really successful manufacturers, they are niche manufacturers. They make a specific, you know, small oftentimes, but very specialized product. We're not going to have a GM stamping plant here. It's just not going to happen. But we do have some very innovative companies that ship a manufactured product, and they don't do as high a volume. So mm -hmm. it still can be successful, and, they, and they've demonstrated that they can be successful making it here. 
Yeah, I've, I've always been amazed at the widgets that are made in Traverse City. When you go into Clark Manufacturing or Grand Traverse Machine or Lead Screws, it's, it's pretty amazing mm -hmm. that we are shipping out a lot of cool products, but you're exactly right. They're niche products. Mm -hmm. And as 3D printing goes, you don't really even need to ship. If you can have that schematic here and, and kick it down to Detroit, and there's a lot of collaboration that goes on in the manufacturing space because of things that are created tech, you know, using technology but then shipped electronically and printed somewhere else with a 3D printer. It's, it's pretty cool stuff, and you can do metal, plastic, you name it. It's amazing. So we're almost, literally almost done. We're about, about done with our podcast, but I want to kick this around with one last kind of chance to, to talk, and that is when you guys look forward five years from now, ten years from now, think about the legacy that your time on the EDC board is going to have. What are you most excited about, or what, what does that legacy look like? I'm going to go first. Absolutely. Um, I'm very excited about the strategic planning process that we're putting together right now. Um, just because that's been a piece of the pie that's been missing. And for me, it's developing a roadmap that will help the future of our board and kind of how we want to define ourselves and what we want to do in Traverse City. So that's something we're going to be working on later this year that I'm really excited to kind of roll out to the community and to other businesses. That's awesome. And... Um, I did something because Jessica is so meticulous, and it was her birthday a couple of weeks ago. And as a sign of how I'm, I'm catching, I'm a lawyer, you know, I'm a country lawyer now in Traverse City, so I gotta like shoot from the hip sometimes. But Jessica's very detail oriented. But I got her a birthday cake, little cupcakes that were devils in the details. Mm -hmm. But I agree with her. Having a, a strategic plan and having a really well laid out outline to where we're going is going to make this reboot really something special. And it, it really is a reboot. The, EDC's existed since 1974, but you know we're hitting the camp like the campaign trail, going door to door, talking to businesses, and having that plan in place. I think is going to bring us to the next level. Is there a consultant leading the strategic plan? We don't have an external consultant that we're paying money for. Okay. Uh, Eric Okerstrom, who works for Haggerty, yep. has facilitated um, other strategic planning process for nonprofit organizations. He's done volunteer work as well as with other for-profit organizations. Yep, he's, he's good. Yeah, so he's going to be leading a, an off-site strategy session for us that I'm convinced will take longer than a day. <laughs> it probably will. It probably will. You know, as you, as you think about it, and I agree with what, what Mike and Jessica have said, but it, to put it in layman's terms, if we look forward to what will this process accomplish, to be to put it very personally, I've got two little kids. And these kids uh, that are growing up right now in Traverse City have a pretty great place to grow up. What we want is in 10 and 15 years, they have a degree from Michigan Tech in engineering or from marketing down at U of M, whatever it might be, we want them to have the option, right after college, if that's what they choose, to find a job here. If there's jobs available for our kids here, whether they're in welding, manufacturing, whatever it might be, that's success. They don't, so that they don't feel like some of us did when we grew up here 20 years ago, that we had to leave for opportunity. Right. Great if you want to leave, but if you don't want to leave, we want to have opportunity here. You guys, those are great answers, and I'm, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to come out here and sit down with us, and I also I want to thank you for the time you're putting into this because volunteering for any board is a big commitment, and I'm personally really impressed with how passionate you are about it, and it gives me hope, hope 10 years from now that <laughs> everyone's kids will be back here sitting around this podcast table 
talking about the next In 10 years, we might not want them back yeah. here. Maybe 20 yeah. years. 20, 20 years. <laughs> 15, 20 years. Yeah. Some of us around the table want our grandkids to there come back go. here. There you go. Okay. Yeah. So, well, thank you, Rachel. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you for your time. time.